Well, as we are hopping on, you saw in the title, in the thumbnail, we're talking about whose voice are you believing? What word are you standing on? And if you've been with us this week, you know that we have been talking about increase, how to ensure the increase is coming in your life, how to, you know, stand in faith. And these are things that it's so important to keep in front of us because oftentimes it's we can hear this word, we can hear the word of faith being taught, but it's when we're in the thick of it that we need to have that word so ingrained in us that it's what comes out when we're pushed that the fruit of the spirit, that our, the word of truth is coming out of us. But not every word is the word of truth. Not every word. So how can you tell what word is true? What word isn't true? What am I listening to? What am I thinking on? We need to take our thoughts captive. And it's really just a key to ensure that, ensuring that we are walking in the things of God. So before we hop in, I want to open up in prayer. I want to ask you to join us in prayer as well, just to just shake any bit of the day off, shake anything, put it in its place and just come before the Lord. God's good. Father, thank you. Thank you that right now we are able to come before you. We are able to hear your word it's not difficult to hear your word. It is easy. It's easy. Lord, we just thank you for the word of truth that sets every captive free. We thank you, God, that things are easy when we are with you. You have made everything easy and light. God, we thank you. Oh, thank you for shedding light abroad in our hearts, for shining light on every area that's darkened. You're so good. You're so, so good. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, as we are hopping in, I was this morning, every morning, and we've said this before, every morning we seek the Lord on what to talk about because if we're just up here sharing things that we think are good ideas or things that seem to even go hand in hand with what's going on, like if I logically put together, oh, Pr Priscilla is behind the camera right now. Oh, Priscilla, Priscilla needs to hear about, um, about the love of God today. I'm going to preach on the love of God because it's what Priscilla needs. Well, that's me logicking out what needs to be talked about. So each day, what we purpose to do is hear from God. What are you saying today, Lord? What do you desire to talk to our people about, to talk to us about? And what started stirring in me this morning was whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Because just because God is our God does not mean that our ears are always tuned into his. We have to make sure that our ears are tuned into his voice and that we're not following a stranger's. We have the ability to choose whose voice we're listening to. And so as I started meditating on it, I realized every time in my life that I have ever felt pressure or weight or fear, anything like that. It's been because my ears have been listening to a voice that's not my God's every single time. Like I started thinking back on moments where it just felt hard and heavy. And it's because even though I may have known what my God's voice sounded like, I wasn't listening to it. 
I was listening to another voice. And as the body of Christ, we're entering into a season like it's so exciting. It's so exciting right now to be a part of the body of Christ because the word tells us that we're not just in the last day. We're in the last moments of the last days here on this earth, which means that God's window to get his promises done that he's told us in his word, that he's spoken to us in our hearts, his time span to get it done, it's basically, it's rapidly closing. So that means his stuff is going to start popping open like crazy. Things are going to start manifesting so quickly. And for the body of Christ, it's so exciting. But it goes to what Buddy and I were talking about on Tuesday when we had the word together. The enemy wants to distract. That's all he wants to do. And we're not talking, we're not going to be spending a whole bunch of time on today's broadcast talking about the enemy because here's the thing. He's a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. His voice is defeated. The only thing he has available to him is deception. That's the only weapon that this, that this liar has available to him is lying. That's the only thing he's got. He has no power. He has no strength. He has no authority. The authority he has that he tries to take is ours. There is no weapon that the enemy can form against you that will prosper. No weapon. No weapon. And just let that get it in you right now. Put it in the comments. There's no weapon that's formed against me that can prosper. Nothing. Nothing, no weapon can prosper against you. You're sealed in him. You're kept in him. You're preserved in him. That's who you are. But here's the thing. What the enemy tries to do is he tries, it's exactly John 10, 10. The thief comes, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he tries to do. He is all about stealing, killing, destroying. Well, part of that destruction comes from lying. Lying. See, there's nothing that he has that's organic to him. He tries to plagiarize everything. Every play that God has, has done, he tries to copy it because he, he's just jealous of God. So he tries to speak and get us to follow his voice. He tries to sound like God. He's a counterfeit. He's a counterfeit. But the only way we're going to know that his voice is a counterfeit is if we know the voice of God so well. You know, it's like, it's like my husband, my husband's voice. I know it. Oh, do I know what George sounds like? I know what George sounds like across the room. I know what George sounds like on the phone. I know what George sounds like when he's happy. Know what George sounds like when he's irritated. <laughs> I know that one pretty well. Um, year one of marriage was fun, but <laughs> like I know George in so many different varieties of ways. When he speaks, I know what his voice sounds like. So if someone were to come up to me, if Kevin Buck were to try to come up and trick me into thinking he's George, try as he might, I know the difference between Kevin's voice and my husband's voice. I know the difference between Kevin's laugh and my husband's laugh. They're very different. So he can try. He could try to sound like him all he wanted. He could try to impersonate, you know, Darth Vader like George does, but it's not going to work. I know what George sounds like because I've been with him. I've spent time with him. I've, I've had you know, these moments where it's just he and I, I've seen him in a crowd. I know what he's like under pressure. There is no way that you could ever convince me that Kevin Buck is George Nauer because they're so different that try as Kevin may at some point to act like George, he's not going to be because jo there's only one George. 
And it's that way with God. No matter what the enemy tries to sound like, when we know our Father's voice so well, try as the enemy may to deceive us, when we know our God's voice, we're able to squash it quickly. But here's what's happened in the body of Christ is we've allowed many voices in. You know, and I have. I've allowed many voices in, in in my ignorance, in my laziness. Like there's been lots of things where I've allowed different voices in. But Pastor Brian says this, and Pastor Nicole has as well. Any voice that you allow in, you then have to deal with it. You have to deal with any voice that you're letting in. So when we allow ourselves to be opened up to different voices, we have to deal with the fruit of those voices. So right now, right now, ask God, Lord, are there, is there a voice that I've allowed to myself to listen to that I shouldn't be? And maybe that voice is even your own. <laughs> you know, our flesh, is, our flesh has a voice. Our soul has a voice. We're a three-part being. If we are born again, our spirit's renewed, so it's linked with God. Our soul has a voice. It's the mind, will, and emotions. Our flesh is always being pulled toward its corrupted nature, so its voice isn't really good. So we can have all these different inputs. And I know for me, when I first started walking in the things of God, I felt crazy a lot of times because I didn't understand who was talking, what was going on, what I should follow, what I shouldn't follow, and it was just confusing. But God's not the author of confusion. Put that in the comments. God's not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. God's ways are straight. God's ways are straight. They're not crooked. They're not difficult to follow. His ways are straight, and it's easy to follow him. But we've got to know his voice. We've got to know his voice. Knowing the voice of God has got to be one of our biggest priorities. Because when we know the voice of God, then we know the voice of victory. When we know the voice of God, we know the voice of victory. When we know the voice of God, we know the voice of victory. See, God cannot lead us into a defeat. He would be anti-God if he led us into a defeat. God's voice leads us to victory. God's voice leads us to victory. Say that out loud with me. God's voice leads me to victory. And it does. God's voice leads us to victory, but we've got to know it. We have to know his voice. How do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. This is so great. What a, what a, good, what a good question. Intimacy. You know, it's that intimacy with God. It comes, and Pastor Brian said this often, there are four ways to grow in your intimacy with the Lord. Spirit-led prayer, spirit-led worship, spirit-led word, and then corporate fellowship. That's, that's how you grow as a believer. But the, these are also the ways that you grow knowing the voice of God. We need to put ourselves in situations where we're looking to hear him. I have not always been... I have not always been a person who has enjoyed being by myself. George, George will tease me sometimes. He's like, you love calling me when you are driving because you don't want to be by yourself. And in the past, I haven't. Because being alone kind of seemed intimidating in different ways. It's being trapped in with my thoughts or whatever. But here's the thing. If we don't create situations where we are growing in intimacy with God, we're ultimately moving backwards away from him. 
We've got to create situations where we are getting to know our Lord and Savior, where we are getting to know God, our Father, where we're growing in our intimacy with Holy Spirit, who's our teacher and our comforter and our friend. There are three aspects to God. There, it's a trinity. And so you can't just desire to know Jesus and not desire to know the Holy Spirit and also not desire to know the Father. No, they're all one and the same. They're different entities, but they're all one and the same. And we've got to be making opportunity to fellowship with him and not looking for ways just to kind of shove him in a corner when it's convenient or to do it when it feels fun. We've got to make him that priority. We've got to make him that priority. There have been moments where I haven't known what George would say or what George would do or how he'd react to something and it's because I didn't make him a priority and I didn't make learning about him a priority knowing what his heart desire was, what, what his likes and dislikes were. I wanted him to know me. I wanted George to know what I liked. But as far as knowing George, I didn't put as much effort into it at that point in time. So I couldn't tell you what, what his desires were. I could maybe tell you what his tone of voice sounded like. But as far as pursuing him, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. But when I, when I, and I've shared this before, there was that moment where I was, I was doing all the things right. And like, I was, I was checking things off a checklist. Like I was helping him around the house and I was serving him in different ways. And I was getting things ready for him and helping him and doing all this stuff. And at the end of a couple weeks of, of being really intentional to serve him, serve him, I'm going to work for him. I'm going to do things for him. I'm going to bless him. We're, we're lying down about to go to sleep. And George tells me, I feel really disconnected from you. And I'm saying they're going, what are you talking about? You feel disconnected from me. I have been serving you like crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? All the serving I was doing him didn't matter at all to him because we weren't emotionally connected. Like there was no actual intimacy between he and I. We hadn't just sat down to talk. So all the serving I was doing didn't matter that the serving didn't matter, the relationship did. And it's that way with God. And look, I know for the majority of people who are watching right now, like I'm looking through Marky, Julie, Holly, Buddy, Lisa, William, every single person I've seen in the comments, you are workers. Like every person I've seen today, you are workers and servers and people who love serving God. I, I, I see that with my eyes. Like I watch every person who I've seen comment, serve the Lord. I love serving the Lord, but there's a, a moment where when the pressure will come, where it feels like things are overwhelming, when that pressure's there, it's because I haven't spent the time in intimacy with God. See, things can be easy and light, but they're easy and light when they're flowing from a place of intimacy. They're not easy and light outside of it. I can't just say things are easy and light for me today and try to do everything myself. That's when it gets hard. There's no grace there. But when I'm in intimacy with God, when I have that relationship, you know, the word says, abide in me as I abide in Christ, like as I abide in the Father. It's Jesus talking, abide in me as I abide in the Father. Well, as we abide in God, God abides in us and his abiding in us empowers us to do everything easy and light. But the reason for so many people, and again, I know I'm looking right now, particularly at boomerang people in the comments, but I've seen it across the body. Like the churches that are open, you've been working. 
You've been serving. You've been diligent to pursue the things of God. Like, I know that. I've seen, I was going to say I've seen so many churches, but there weren't so many churches that stayed open. I've seen some churches stay open. And those some churches have had true servant hearts. They've had a desire to serve God, and that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But if we're serving him without truly abiding in the love of God and in that place of intimacy with him, that's when we can get off. And we see that in Revelation. We've talked about this is going to be so familiar, and I get that. But please don't tune it out just because it sounds familiar. You know, repetition is the motor of learning. That's part of our leadership class that we have here at Boomerang. Truly, repetition is the motor of learning. It's in the moment where you where we think, I've heard this before, I don't need to hear it again, that we need to hear it again. Because here's what can happen. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not playing around. The thief is not playing around. To the thief, it's life and death. It's life and death. He's not just there to nick you and like gives you upside the head and you know what? No, he's there to steal, kill, destroy. That's his game. That's his motive. And where I, I believe the body of Christ has missed it is we've treated him like he's just playing. He's not playing. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. But here's the thing. We have access to God who overcomes everything. He is the overcomer. He is the victory maker. He leads us in perpetual victory parades, one after another, after another, after another, after another, if we follow and know his voice. We have to know it. We have to know it. And we won't stay in a place of maintaining that intimacy, of maintaining that, that knowledge of his voice without being in intimacy with him. We have to. Revelation 2, you know, Jesus is writing through, through John. He is writing to the church of Ephesus. And this church in Ephesus, they're who I believe is the church of this era that we have been in. You know, when other churches, churches have shut down and other, other ministries have bended to the ways of the world and they've been in fear and they've done all this stuff, I believe it would be the church of Ephesus that we see here. It says, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot not tolerate evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary that's a phenomenal testimony like I want to hear from Jesus you have not grown weary at this moment I know in in, in the past I've grown weary I know I have but praise God under the blood he forgives all of that but this like these are words that in, I would love to hear out of Jesus' mouth. But then he said, but I have this against you. So even though they're serving him, they're persevering, they're not growing weary, this is a church that it sure sounds like they've been under attack. You know, listen to it. They've had evil men come into their church. They have had people who've come in and have said that they're apostles and they weren't apostles. They're trying to steer the church the wrong way. You know, they've persevered, which means there had to be something to persevere against. They've not grown weary, which means there was something to grow weary against. So they had all of these opportunities to fail and to shrink back, and they didn't. But what they did do is that they did all of these things, tested the apostles, you know, standing up against evil men, not growing weary, persevering. They did all of these things 
through their own strength. That's where they missed it. And they did it through their own strength because they weren't tuned into the voice of God. And we know that going into the next verse, Revelation 2, verse, five, or verse 4, I have this against you. You left your first love. See, they did all of these things that we desired to do, but they did it with their own strength. Even not growing weary, they did it themselves. They weren't with their first love. And in context, they're talk Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying, you left me. I could have helped this be even easier for you. But it was hard because you left me. You know, you got through it and you did it and that's awesome. Good job. It could have been even better. It could have been even better. See, here's the thing. Even victories in our life, things that are going well, thing, you know, boomerang, it's our year of increase. Even the increase that we've seen come in through the church and it's over hundred, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like between bonuses and debt erased and things like glory to God. But if we're doing any of it on our own strength, think of how much more it could be when we tune back into the voice of God. When we're tuned into his voice, that's when increase comes. That's when victory comes. That, that's how. We've got to know his voice, hear his voice, only follow his voice, and be connected with him. He's the source of easy and light. Put that in the comments. Jesus is the source of easy and light. Jesus is that source. It's him. He does it. He does it. We have to know his voice. And then not just know it, we've got to be intentional, intentional to guard it, to keep that alive in us, to keep that hunger alive in us, that desire to be in intimacy with him. We must preserve that. Go to Matthew 13, if you would, if you have your word in front of you. If you don't, I have mine and I can read it to you. But in Matthew 13, Jesus is talking, he's teaching, and Jesus is teaching in parables. Jesus teaching in parables is so fun. <laughs> and he's speaking, Matthew 13, verse 3. And it says, And Jesus spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty, and he who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples were like, I, I need you to explain this to me. <laughs> I have not gardened lately. Let's, let's hear some of this. The seed is the word. You know, it's not just what Jesus sounds like, it's what is he saying. We've got to know what he sounds like, because if we know what he sounds like, we're going to be able to hear his word. But we've got to know what he's saying in order for it to matter. If Jesus is just speaking gibberish and we have no comprehension of what he's saying, then what sort of fruit is it going to yield in our life? You know, if you speak Greek and I speak Mandarin and I'm only speaking Mandarin to you, it's not going to really yield a lot of fruit in your life. I've got to speak your language. 
So as we realize what Jesus sounds like, we've got to be paying attention to his word because Jesus does speak our language. He knows how to communicate to you. He knows how to make it clear. He knows how to make it easy for you to understand and how to follow. He knows how to do all of that, but it's up to us, the hearer, to be paying attention. It's like Charlie Brown. Okay, well, George somewhere is going to be pleased that I'm mentioning Charlie Brown, but truly, it's like Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's teacher was speaking words, like they were, but what did the kids hear? Like, and they didn't hear a thing that the teacher said because the kids weren't paying attention. They knew what the teacher sounded like. They had the wah, 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 down. They knew the tone. But the instructions that the teacher was giving, they didn't have all of that because they weren't listening. It's not enough just to know what he sounds like. We have to know what he's saying and then receive what he's saying. The seed that Jesus is talking about right there is the word. So when he goes to explain it to the disciples, he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. Evidence number one that backs up what pastors say so often. I'm going to, I want to get it like t-shirted on every color of t-shirt so I can wear it every day. Ask questions, <laughs> ask early, ask often, ask, don't tell. This literally says, if you don't understand what you heard, then the evil one comes and steals that seed from you. So how important is it that if we aren't sure, if we can tell Jesus is talking to us, but we don't know what he's saying, how important is it to go to leadership, the leader that God has placed in your life, the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the um, prophet, the teacher, how important is it for us to go? And you know, evangelist Mark Dunphy was on earlier. How important is it for the people that he's called to disciple to say, evangelist Mark, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? For people submitted here at Boomerang to say, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Nicole, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? Otherwise, that seed that's intended to produce life, there's no seed that's a dud. Like in the kingdom of God, none of these seeds are just duds and they just don't work. No, all of them are intended to produce life. But if we're not asking questions about them and we don't get them, then it's just going to be snatched from us. Ask early. That's just a little side note. But it's, it's so true. Asking questions, it's a sign of humility. Humility keeps us in that place of knowing the voice of God. If we're not humble, then we're in pride, and pride is in complete opposition to God. We won't hear God's voice if we're more, more focused on our own. We've got to remove, it goes to what we were saying last week, remove the bias, Ch choose to be in humility, and allow the light of God to shine in every area of our life, including how we're interpreting what God is saying to us. The one on whom seed, verse 20, the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. It doesn't say the word falls away. It says he falls away. So when we're not allowing that word, like when we're just hearing the word and not letting it get in us, it's shallow. 
And I can't tell you how many times, like I've heard a word and I've amened a word and I've been like, oh, what a good word that was. I've probably even taught it, like when I led the youth and I'd, I'd reiterate it and be like, ah, oh, Pastor Brian, it's such a great word today. Let me tell you to say all the things that he said. And then it, was, it wasn't deeply planted in me. And the wind and the waves would come and it would just completely knock me off because I'm like, it didn't work. Crud, wasn't in faith. Stink. We've got to let this word be part of who we are. The one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word. Now, key in on this one. This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness. Deceit. Who authors deceit? The enemy. The enemy authors deceit. So worry, not of God. Meaning it comes, if it's not from God, who's it from? Yay, the enemy. Like that's, that's literally how I would teach my kindergartners. Like it's, it's, sometimes our flesh makes stuff so hard and it's not. If it's not from God, it doesn't belong to us and it's of the enemy, which means we, it's under our feet. So the worry of the world, deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Worry is not of God. The voice of worry is not God's voice. The voice of concern, of fear, it's not God's voice. It's not his voice. And I shared this, I think it was, Mon it was either Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember. But there's, um, you know, the Lord is just truly doing such a mighty work in these last days. Like he's doing such phenomenal things. And, and I'm, not, I'm not able to share all of what I know and what I know is like this much of what's going to be happening in Boomerang. I, but the things that the Lord has been able to share with me, oh my gosh, they're so exciting. And things that are happening, you know, just personally, corporately, they're so exciting. But sometimes in the unknown, the flesh can rise up and get concerned. See, the flesh likes to have an answer. The flesh wants to be in control all of the time. And when the flesh is not in control, the flesh gets ticked off. And what happens is that voices that we haven't even recognized, we've listened to, come to the surface. And because our voice is familiar to us, sometimes we think it's his voice and we need to listen to it. Like Kevin Buck is here today. I know you saw him earlier. Kevin, I love you. But Kevin Buck and his wife, he has been on the broadcast several, several times and he shared his testimony. There was a period of what, six months, seven months, eight months? How many am I getting out where you didn't have a job? Like, okay, it's been over a year. We are at many, many months at this point in time. Many months of not having a job. He absolutely had to deal with the fear of the flesh not being in control. Like he and I had talked about it. Of, I just, I just want to know. I just want to know what God's saying. I've had to deal with that where things are coming up and it's like, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know. I don't know. Buddy and I are working on several projects right now and it's like, I don't know. Go God. <laughs> like, I don't know. And that worry can try to come. The thoughts of, well, are you really able to do this? You know, boomerang, it's our year of increase. Are you really able to do that? Are you able to be blessed? Are you able to be increased? Priscilla can get increased, but are you able to be increased? Barrett and George got a new truck. Could you get a new truck? 
That's that worry. That's that deceitful voice that tries to exist within you and create doubt. Doubt is stupid. (laughs) There are stronger words, but that's not the time for it. Doubt's stupid. It's dumb. It's trying to convince us we can't, but we've been told in the word that we can We can, we can, we can, you can, you have more than enough in you right now to do everything God has called you to do. More than enough. You have more than enough. You are more than enough. God's already said so. He's already said so. So what do we do in these moments where it's like, I don't, I don't even know. It's, and put this, you don't necessarily have to say you've dealt with it, but have you or anyone you've known ever been in a situation where it's like your thoughts are this tornado wave of, I, I don't even know what's me, what's the Lord, what's the enemy anymore. Like my thoughts are just going and going and going and going. And I just, I ah, make them stop. I can't tell you how often that's happened. And I'll start thinking on something that's the Lord. And then all of a sudden my soul will kick in and start thinking on something that's half the Lord and half not. And then all of a sudden fear comes in and it's like, whew, all these tornadoes are happening at the same time. What do you do? You use your authority and you use what the word says to do. You use the voice of God that he's placed inside of you. See, here's the thing. We not only are able to hear a voice, we have a voice. We have a voice. And our voice carries the authority of the kingdom of God when we understand it. When, not even just when we understand it, but when we are in faith and we stand on the word and we are speaking his word over our situations, the authority of Jesus himself belongs to us. It belongs to us. So the other day I was driving home. And I, I, this is what I shared on Monday. I have had fear in different areas try to come in over the last two and a half weeks-ish. Like I don't, I can't even tell you the last time I had it happen to me. It's been ridiculous. It's, it's been demonic is what it's been. But fear out the wazoo, different scenarios, different negative things that are not based on truth, like different memories that I've had about stuff that's gone wrong and different stories I know about stuff that's gone wrong and doubt that has come in of things that have gone wrong. And I, and I know what the word says. I know to meditate on things worthy of praise. So it would come in and I'd, no, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to think on stuff worthy of praise. And I'd be that gentle with it. Oh, no, I'm not going to think on this. I'm going to think on good things. Okay, I'm thinking on good things. And then 10 minutes later, it would come right back. You're not, don't be gentle with a spirit of fear. I'm not saying you need to like be a butt. I'm saying that there needs to be an edge and an authority that comes out when we have anti-Christ things trying to make themselves normal to us. When things that are not of God try to present themselves as the standard of what our life needs to be, we need to have that authority come out. When we're pressed, it's got to be him that comes out of us. So I was driving home the other day and I like it had been probably five, five days to a week, somewhere in there of just kind of treating it gently. And truly it's because, and this isn't fun to say, but it's honest. It's because I believed some of the fear 
It had been so much a part of who I was that I didn't even realize it. This was a brand new situation that I hadn't even ever been in before. And it was, it was already in me. Like the world's voice was already inside of me and I didn't even realize I had listened to it. I didn't know. So here's crunch time. We're down to, a, to the wire and all of a sudden what's coming out of me is a mixture of the world and of the holy, of the holy and the profane. That's what's coming out of me at the same time. And as a minister of the gospel, that made me super embarrassed, made me so embarrassed. I didn't want to share that with anybody. So today I'm sharing it with the entire world. But, you know, literally, I'm sitting there going, I know better. I know better. What is this? Why is this here? I don't want this. This isn't me. And when I recognized this isn't me, it was just a quick thought, but it was a thought that came up inside of me and I grabbed it. I'm like, no, this isn't me. This isn't my God. I'm not Barrett in the world. I am Barrett redeemed by the blood of the lamb, by the word of, his, of my testimony. And I love not my life to the death. I am made brand new. I'm made brand new. And this isn't me. All of a sudden I started meditating on that. So I'm driving down the road and a thought tried to come in and it was a particularly awful thought. Like I'm talking like stuff that was not just kind of fear of, oh, this doesn't look good, but like a legitimately like scary thought. And it came in and I felt the, you know, pastor says it learned to recognize the emotion of fear. I felt the fear start to rise up in me. And that day I had had enough. I'd had enough. I'd had enough. And that's where we as the body of Christ need to get to the point of I've had enough. I've had enough of the world's garbage. I've had enough of listening to a voice that's not my Lord's. I've had enough of mixing the holy and the profane. I've had enough of being tormented. I've had enough of being deceived. I've had enough of being discouraged. No more. No more. And that's what came out of me in the car. That's literally the authority you just heard is the authority that was in my car. I've had enough. Enough is enough. I'm a child of God. I am redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I have not been given a spirit of fear. I've been given a spirit of love, discipline, and of a sound mind. I'm not fearful. I'm blood bought. I can't be touched. I'm kept in the shadow of his wing. And what came out of me was his voice with his authority. When we know his voice, and his voice is the word, and we know who we are, then when that stuff comes up and we choose, see, I had to choose. It took me a week, wish it hadn't, really wish it hadn't, wish I could say on here that it took me a second and all of a sudden it was right there, but it didn't. This particular situation took me about a week. And, but here's what I do know, that day I dealt with it. I dealt with it. Since that point, there's been, Voices that have tried to come back, habits more than anything. And I'll be, I don't know why it's when I'm driving, but it's been when I'm driving. And a thought will try to come up of, well, what about this? What about this? But from that day, from the day where I said enough is enough, the authority of the fear was gone. The authority of the fear is gone the moment we take it back. See, there's only something to be fearful of if we hand our authority to fear. There's no thing, no weapon formed against us can prosper. The only thing that'll prosper is what we give authority to prosper. That's the only thing that can. God's word prospers. The only negative thing that can prosper is if we give life to it. But if I refuse to hand my authority over to it, it has no authority over me. 
So that day that I said enough is enough, I reclaimed the authority that God has given to me. It lost its power. So even when it's tried to come back up in my thoughts, because now I have to rediscipline my mind. I have to retrain my mind. Now that I have discovered I was listening to a worldly voice over here, I have to retrain it. I have to fill it up with scripture. I have to fill it up with testimony of the goodness of God. But now that I know that, that's what I'm doing. I'm building a fortress inside my mind for the things of God. But in the meantime, as I'm building, if a thief tries to come, there's no authority behind that thief. There's no authority behind it. There's no fear behind it because I know my God's voice. His voice is life. His voice is truth. His voice is hope. His voice is a future. His voice is not for tragedy. It's for perfect, pure goodness. The goodness of God is designed to follow your life. That's what your portion is. Pastor says this all the time. God has no plans for your calamity. And to people who don't know what calamity means, God has no plans for your tragedy. And I actually like that a little bit better because it paints a bigger picture. Tragedy, God has no plan for it. No plan for it. There's no plan of God. So here's the thing. If he's not planning for you to walk into tragedy, his voice won't take you there. His voice won't take you there. His voice is not going to take you to tragedy. His voice is not going to take you to sorrow. His voice is not going to take you to defeat. It can't. It can't do that. Can't. No matter what it looks like, what it feels like, God's voice will lead you to win every single time. Every single time. But we've got to give clearance for it to speak to us. We have to pay attention to it. We have to be in intimacy with God. So how do you hear God's voice? How do you know which voice you're following? Where's the root? John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Is the thought, is the voice going to a place of stealing, killing, or destroying? Or is it Jesus where he says, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly? Which one is it? And here's the thing. It goes back to Matthew 13. If you don't know, don't make up your mind on it yet. See, that's what Pastor was talking about last week with bias. If we don't know something, our flesh tends to have a desire to already make a decision for us. It's like if Kevin and Buddy were to be like, hey, Barrett, let's go get lunch after the broadcast. Do you want Zaxby's or Chick-fil-A? I'm going to say Zaxby's every single time because my flesh has a bias toward it every time. <laughs> and I know that. My flesh has that desire. And that's a small thing. But it's like, what happens? You're, you're in a church and someone comes up and says, hey, we need some volunteers for children's ministry. I see that you're, you're in the service today. Would you be able to help serve? Which one is the voice of God? <laughs> you know, and that may sound small, but literally that decision could literally, 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 how many times can I sound like Abigail right now? <laughs> but truly your decision could be life or death. What if God wanted you to serve in children's ministry that day? And there is a young, a young kid that only you're able to connect with. You have something inside of you that's going to connect with them and unlock the things of God. But your bias to say no, our bias to say no, no, I, 
I, I think, you know, life and life and abundance, I get life with the word of God. I'm going to sit in this service and receive the word of God today. That, that sounds like Jesus. Sounds like it would be stealing my joy to go and work in children. So that's, that's the thief right there. No, that's bias. That's bias. We have to be unbiased. And as we're learning how to do that, that's why asking questions is so important. I can't tell, even now, you know, I've truly been in love with the Lord for about a, dec a decade at this point in time. I've heard his voice. I know what his voice sounds like. But yet I am still going to pastors. Whenever I hear the voice of God, I'm confirming that I've heard the voice of God. I'm not assuming. I'm not assuming that I know everything. I'm not assuming that I've got it all together because I, I have a flesh. I could miss it. I'm not perfect at this point in time. I'm not up in heaven. I still have a corrupted flesh that could lead me into a mistake. So as I'm learning his voice, I'm going to ask my shepherds. And that's what we need to do. We need to, ask, we need to ask questions. When we're unsure, ask questions. Even if we are sure, ask questions. But here's the thing. When it's been confirmed to us that it is the voice of God, when we know it's his voice, we're not to delay. We're not to dilly-dally. When God gives us a command, when God gives us an instruction, it's life. It's going to lead to victory. It's going to lead to the best things ever. And here's... You know, this is not all, I mean, this literally, I got to one scripture that I told Buddy I was going to get to, and, and really it was only kind of half of one. So <laughs> this is not what I intended to talk on today. But as we close, Boomerang, you have a word. And this is specific for the house, but if you're partnered with what's right, this word is yours too. It's our year of increase. 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 That's the voice. That's the Lord. He has spoken it. It's our year of increase. It's our year of increase. And here's what our shepherd said a few weeks ago, what the Lord has said to him. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's not time to sit back. It's not time to shrink back. It's not time to quit. It's our year of increase and it's harvest time. That is the voice of God. If you're waiting for an instruction, if you're waiting to know exactly what path you're supposed to take in, in your life, great. I, I'm waiting to hear from the Lord specific things too. But in the meantime, I have a command. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's not time to sit in the house. It's not time to sit back and let other people do the work. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's time for harvest. God, what happens when harvest time comes? You get all the jam ever. Like it's jam season, soup season, cooking season. Like you're eating, guys, and you're eating well. It's not just working and then, oh, this is so hard. No, like you're reaping the reward of harvest time. It's harvest time. Joyous time. This is a time of joy. No matter where you are in the body of Christ, it's a time of joy. No matter what you see in front of you, no matter what threat comes up on the news, no matter what threat you hear from a doctor appointment, no matter what threat to our quote-unquote happiness we hear, it's harvest time. It's a good season. This is a season of joy. It's a season of prosperity. It's a season of life, a season of abundance. It's harvest time. That's the voice of God. Not because I'm saying it, because I know it in the word, because it's been confirmed by, by different people in the body of Christ. 
and because our shepherd has declared it over the body. It's harvest time. It's our year of increase. And it's time for us to listen to that voice. No matter what voice of decrease tries to come, that's not your voice. That's not the voice you listen to. If it's lack, if it's decrease, if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, that's not your voice. That's not what you are to listen to. The voice that we are to listen to is life, life in abundance, goodness, wonderful plans, joy, future, hope, increase. That's our voice. That's our portion. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. But it's harvest time for the people who will hear the voice of God and not be like Charlie Brown and just have it be a rah, 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 increase. No, no, no. We're going to take it. We're going to hear it. And we're going to make it ours. We're going to make it ours. And as we make it ours, that's when we're going to see it. It's for those who believe that will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It's for those who pray and do not doubt that will see that mountain removed. And as we clear out voices that do not belong to the voice of God, that are not authored by God, as we clear out those voices that are not his, and we keep our ears tuned only into our Lord's voice, that's when increase comes. Because his voice is a voice of increase. Amen. It is. God's voice is a voice of increase. Father, thank you. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful, God. Thank you that you lead us in triumph. If you would, if you're able right now, just, just start thanking him. You know, pastors said this before. Thankfulness is the key to the presence of God. Thankfulness is how we get in to hear his voice to begin with. We start by thanking him. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Father, thank you. Oh, God, we thank you for your voice that we not only are able to hear, but that we're able to wield. What an honor. What a blessing. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you shine your light on every area of our life. Every area, God. Expose every darkened place. Expose every dark thing. Let us see with your eyes. Let us hear with your ears. Lord, may we see what is the hope. Lord, we have a hope, and it's sure, and it can't fail. Lord, right now, turn every mourning heart into a rejoicing heart. Lord, turn every heavy spirit into a light one. Lord, remove weight, remove burden. Let it be easy. Let things be light as we abide in you. As we abide in you, you abide in us. And you are the key to making things easy. We can't make things easy on our own. We need you to teach us how, to show us what must be done. You're so good. Lord, let wisdom be in our viewers. Wisdom be. Wisdom be in Jesus' name. Wisdom to know what to do and what not to do. Wisdom to know where to go and where not to go. Wisdom be in Jesus' name. Father, and for every person watching right now, I ask that you bless them. Bless them. Bless them abundantly. Lord, bless pastors right now. Bless our covering right now. Bless them abundantly. Lord, we love you. You're so good. 
We love you, love you, love you. We return. And just say that with me. Lord, I return to my first love. You are my why. You're my why. You're my source. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. I believe that you chose me. I believe that the life you have planned for me is full of future, full of hope. No tragedy is a part of your plan. So it's not something I receive. I refuse to be in fear. I refuse to be in fear. I refuse to be in fear. I refuse to worry. My foundation is sure because it's you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a sure foundation that cannot fail. We love you and we praise you. Oh, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for being on with us today. We are going to be back tomorrow at 1130. Before we do, we want to give you opportunity to sow. That's pretty much it. There's no pull to get you to sow today. And not that we try to pull, but here's the thing. You, I know y'all watching, even if you're watching in the replay, if you've hung in to this point, you're hungry for the things of God. You know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know that God loves a cheerful giver. So be obedient. If today ministered to you, if it meant something to you, if you want to partner with the word, then partner with the word. That's totally your call. God allows it to be your call. He chooses to let this be your call. He doesn't make you. He doesn't even try to force you. He gives an instruction. He speaks a word. So if you want you are able to partner with this ministry. We invite you to if you desire to. You can do it a variety of ways. You can go to giveww.org. You could scan the QR code and it'll take you to all the different places that we have giving options. If you're old school, you can mail a check to us at PO Box 1515. Albemarle, North Carolina, 28002. You can absolutely do that whichever way you want. But if you sow today, we... We, in and of ourselves, we can't guarantee what's going to happen. But the Lord guarantees that those who sow will reap. He guarantees it. This is your day. So if you choose to sow, we want to bless it. We want to bless your seed and honor what you've done and ask the Lord with you for a quick return. So Father, thank you. Thank you that right now you bless the seed that is sown. Lord, for the people who have heard your voice and are faithful and obedient to follow what you have told them to do, I ask that you bless them mightily. Lord, just like they made a quick decision to sow a seed, I ask that you have a quick manifestation off of that seed. Lord, let it happen quickly, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let it return back to them quickly, quickly, quickly in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for every sower. Oh, not, not for the ministry's benefit, but Lord, thank you for what's happening in their life. Their lives are about to increase in ways that they never have before. And God, we thank you for the honor to be the distribution center that you sent them to. 
God, thank you. We will be faithful with the seed sown, diligent, faithful. And we thank you for the honor of being a place where they're sowing into. You're so good, God. We love you and praise you. Amen. We're going to be back tomorrow at 1130. I'm going to hand it over to Buddy to wrap up. Thanks for being on with us. Make sure to take this broadcast, share it with someone you know, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an awesome word. Do us a favor and share this broadcast. Spread the word out because uh, this is a word that a lot of people need to hear. Um, with that being said, we got a quick announcement for you guys. Uh, coming up at the end of August, we're having Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. here at, in Albemarle, North Carolina, and we're really excited to have him here. He's going to be having a week of tent meetings. There's going to be giveaways. They're going to be giving away TVs, uh, Beat headphones, iPads, it's gonna, uh, backpacks for the, for the kids. This is going to be a phenomenal week. There's going to be soul winning taking place, and there's going to be a lot of things going on throughout that week and we want you guys to be a part of it if you're not from the area uh, we want to encourage you to come down and be a part of these powerful tent meetings if you want to serve at any point of that you can reach out to us if you want more information just go to uh, what's right what's right dot com and send us a message we want to we want to connect with you but guys we love you thank you so much for joining us today for lunch plus we're going to see you tomorrow at 11:30. love you guys